Welcome to the Creation Innovation Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth King. Together, we'll have conversations with incredible human beings who have taken their creative outlet and turned it into something innovative. From people leaving the corporate world to be eight-figure entrepreneurs, to people who have created books, created a family, or just creating to have fun in the world. We are all in a journey to create something amazing in our lives, and I hope that you find some inspiration of your own here. This is the Creation Innovation Podcast. Welcome back to the Creation Innovation. I am super excited today to have Dr. Tina Yang. Welcome, Tina. Thank you so much. Thank you, Elizabeth, for having me on today. Yes. I am really excited to to be here. Me too. Dr. Yang is a fourth-generation Chinese medicine doctor, a licensed acupuncturist, and an herbalist. She's a fellow of the American Board of Oriental Reproductive Medicine and a certified Reiki master. So all of those things are so exciting in my world. So I'm really excited to dive into all of this. First of all, fourth generation Chinese medicine? Yes. So I would be considered fourth generation in my family because my great-grandfather and grandfather were both Chinese medicine doctors in Taiwan um, in the countryside. So in Taiwan, primary medicine was Chinese medicine back then. And then I have an uncle who is a physician in Japan who's also a Chinese medicine doctor, too. So I would be number four in line. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And so because it was something that you were exposed to, obviously, from birth and having those Mm -hmm. conversations around you, was it just kind of a, a normal thing to be talking about herbs and other things to heal you rather than going to what? would be referred to, I guess, as a Western doctor? Yes. So whenever we would get sick as kids, my grandfather would have this cupping device that he would use on us. And none of us wanted to get treated by him because it was a little bit painful, you know, and and cupping is a modality that's used to kind of remove toxins out of the body. Um, It's, it's, it's commonly used for chronic cough or like the beginning stages of a cold. So, you know, we would be afraid to, to say something that we yeah. weren't feeling well because we knew he was going to say, okay, get on the table. I'm going to do cupping on you. Um, but it always worked. So, but I think it was just the idea of it as a kid, you would get a little bit nervous about it. So that was usually our first line of treatment was a cupping session with grandpa and then whatever other herbs he brewed or had, you know, in stock in terms of like <clears throat> what's called like patents or classical formulas for colds. So yeah. So that's kind of how my childhood was. Okay. And so how did you come into play to know that that this is what you wanted to do? Well, let's see. It was kind of a journey for me. I think in the beginning, yeah. in the beginning, I started off my career path as a business major. And I think halfway through the business program, I decided that I wanted to be in preventative medicine. And so I had grown up around a lot of natural medicine all my life. And, you know, when you're 20 something, you're you're not really sure what you want to do. But it was one of those things where I knew I had to finish my undergraduate studies in four years. So I thought, okay, business seems like I can do that in four years. But halfway through, I talked to my dad about it and I said, you know, I really feel called to be in medicine, preventative medicine. I didn't want to just treat folks that were already sick. Mm -hmm. So prevention was kind of 
the goal that I had in mind. So I started getting really interested in nutrition. And at that point, I had gone so far into my business degree that we had agreed, my, my father and I had agreed that I just needed to finish up my undergrad and then go back for a master's in nutrition. Mm -hmm. So that's what I decided to do. So I finished up, I worked for a couple years in the marketing industry and then sort of took classes on the side in the evenings whenever I wasn't traveling, when I had free time to sort of fulfill the prereqs. So if anybody has ever changed majors or careers, you know that there's a lot of holes that are left between a business degree and a science degree. So I had to take a lot of prereqs before I could even apply for a master's program. So I would do that part time. And then I was ready to submit all of my um, apps and everything for the nutrition programs. And I had a childhood friend who was in acupuncture school in Santa Barbara. And we were we were chatting about her program. She had just started. And she had asked me, well, why are you not considering Chinese medicine and acupuncture? Because nutrition is part of the scope. And she said, why don't you just take a class at night? You know, take an evening class, an intro to Chinese medicine, like yin and yang 101 type of thing. And I said, you know what? I don't know why. I haven't thought of that. So I did just that. I signed up for an evening class, took like a basic principles of Chinese medicine, completely fell in love with the medicine. And I just took all of my apps and everything, all my prereqs, my transcripts, and transferred them all over to the Chinese medicine program. And I never looked back. Yeah. So I think it was all serendipitous that things kind of aligned the way they did. And, you know, just having that conversation at the right time with one of my childhood friends who was already in the program was just amazing. So yeah, I love when things become so clear, you know, when, when the message is then clear and you're like, okay, yes, this is what I need to be doing now. Oh, I didn't even second guess it. I took the class for maybe two weeks and I just knew. I'm like, awesome. okay, I'm ditching the nutrition program. <laughs> I'm going to go into Chinese medicine. So, Which is not an easy feat. I think for anybody who doesn't recognize, it's such a big program to undertake and, and to do. Uh, um, I know just a very basic level of that. But first, those of that are listening that are not aware of what acupuncture actually is, I think everybody has an idea of what it is, right? It's needles going into you, but what is it for anyone who's listening that needs to know what's happening when you go to see somebody for acupuncture? Right. So in our program, when you get trained as a Chinese medicine practitioner, there's really multiple modalities within the program. But if you were to, if I were to summarize it into the two main divisions that, that you get trained in, one would be acupuncture. And then the other side of it is Chinese medicine theory, principles, and herbal medicine. So in a lot of the states, acupuncturists can just only practice acupuncture. However, in California, you have to train in both. So when you become licensed as an acupuncturist, you can't separate the two out. So you have to be an acupuncturist and a Chinese medicine herbalist too, and practitioner. Okay. Whereas in like the East Coast, they'll give you the option. Because I, I know even in my training, there are a lot of folks that really felt drawn to acupuncture but had a really hard time with Chinese herbs because of the Chinese names and the translation. So oh, right. they had a difficult time studying and memorizing all those herbs. So in a lot of the different programs outside of California, you have the option of breaking it out. So, but as California usually has some of the hardest uh, programs and standards of care uh, for training, it was the case here that we needed to learn both. So, uh, which I loved because I could not decide which one was my favorite. And so it just kind of 
was perfectly blended together for me. I think initially I was really tapped into the Chinese herbal part, especially with my background uh, with my grandfather and great grandfather being Chinese medicine doctors. Right. So I was really drawn to herbal medicine and the philosophies behind Chinese medicine. Um, but then, of course, here, I think in the States, acupuncture is very popular, right? So, and it's, it's a physical medicine. So you get to treat, and as a patient, when you receive treatment, the effects are pretty immediate. You know, you get up off the table and you feel different. Right. Whereas Chinese herbs can take a little bit longer to work, right? Just depending, depending on your constitution. So, um, so just kind of going back to your question, so acupuncture being one of the major branches within Chinese medicine, we use acupuncture as a tool to help balance the body. So during our Chinese medicine diagnosis process, we look for patterns of imbalance in a patient's body, uh, whether we are looking through your history and then also taking a Chinese medicine physical exam, which includes looking at your tongue, taking your pulse, facial observations. So, you know, back three to 4,000 years ago, we didn't have all the lab testing and imaging that we have now. Right. So the Chinese medicine doctor had to really depend on their observation skills and really looking at a patient's, you know, eyes, their tongue, their facial expression, their body language, uh, different aspects of their body and answer, asking very detailed questions about their lifestyle to help with the diagnosis process. So once that's identified, we base our acupuncture treatment plan based on that particular imbalance that may be occurring in a patient's body. But one of the basic explanations of acupuncture is that there are channels and meridians that flow through our body. There are 14 main meridians that are connected to major organ systems. And if you've ever seen an acupuncture drawing or model, which I think I have one, here somewhere. There's my doll back there. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's many lines that run through the body and these are considered channels or meridians in which energy or what we call chi and blood flow through. So it's sort of like if you can imagine a freeway or a highway of cars just flowing freely, no traffic, no jams, no accidents. You know, we all love driving on a freeway like that, right? So chi and blood, same thing. In, a, in an ideal situation, we want our meridians and channels to be open so that things can flow freely. We will receive the needed nutrients and energy that's needed to nourish our tissues, our organ systems, so that we can be in balance. But unfortunately, in life, we have certain physical, emotional traumas that can create blockages, whether they're temporary or more permanent. Our job as acupuncturists is to use a modality like acupuncture to free those blockages or stagnations in those channels so that things can flow freely again. So it's like freeing up a traffic jam on the 405 freeway, right? <laughs> so if you if that helps Great analogy. Us visualization, yeah. Yeah. So because what happens when you have a traffic jam in the channels or meridians for a long period of time, those acute symptoms start to become very chronic. And then you would have other chronic conditions and diseases that may develop over time. So and how do you know when that traffic jam is released? Is it something that you just hope that you feel better and or is it something where you can do the testing or you look at the tongue again or you look at the eyes again and you say you probably are feeling better, right? Because something looks different. Right. Or how well, do you really know? That's a really great question. And because we are in an era of medicine where we have the testing that we do have available, 
we have the we have the privilege of being able to integrate right and we can look at labs and we can look at imaging and other um, types of tests that can help to determine whether or not a patient is getting better but usually a patient can feel when the blockages are removed and in a situation like pain for example if you get in a car accident we say whiplash equals chi and blood stagnation in the neck and probably throughout the back. So if you get acupuncture, we're able to remove some of those blockages, relax the muscles, promote blood circulation and flow and decrease inflammation. So usually a patient feels better after two to three treatments in a, in a yeah. situation like that. So that's a pretty clear way of knowing, oh, there is no longer a blockage because I don't have the whiplash on the pain anymore. And I can now turn my neck and I can sleep now. Right. <laughs> so that's one example, right? Yeah. But things that are more chronic, like digestion issues, like irritable bowel syndrome or Crohn's disease, those are a lot more challenging. So having tests that can help, whether it be laboratory testing or um, imaging tests to help confirm that results are being made, are that's oftentimes something that we rely on now as integrative practitioners. And in the world of women's health and fertility, which is my specialty, we are able to see a lot of change and progress because these patients tend to be monitored very closely by their fertility doctors, right? So if a patient has ovarian cysts, fibroids, polyps, we can track that because we're, we're, we are working so closely with the fertility doctors and they're getting so much lab work done all the time. So we're constantly seeing how labs can change, whether it be FSH levels go down, AMH levels go up. So it's amazing. I mean, I think we are practicing integrative medicine at the best time possible. And I feel so fortunate to be able to have the best of both worlds for my patients right now. So. Absolutely. It is amazing. And you mentioned earlier, like these 3,000-year-old ways of doing things. I think we often forget that the Chinese medicine has been proven and done for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. This is not just something that is like brought up at a school in Santa Monica that they came up with of like, oh, we're going <laughs> to do Chinese medicine now. And it's, right, right. it's not a trend. It is not something that is just starting to become popular or whatnot. These are proven. Yeah, the, the test of time definitely uh, suggests that Chinese medicine is very effective and there is now a lot of research that's been conducted right. in the last several decades that have been able to prove some of the efficacy of treatments too. Uh, whether it's by itself or if it's integration with like IVF, for example, right. or IUI support. So um, yeah, there's some really exciting things happening right now. And uh, I, I think having patients feedback and when you have a clinician that's asking you on a regular basis, how are you feeling today? How are you sleeping? How's your digestion? How are your stress levels? You know, oftentimes patients don't get asked those questions by a maybe like an allopathic provider. Right. So and it makes you kind of self-reflect and go, Hmm, how am I feeling today? So it's actually a really great process for, for both. I mean, I feel like as a patient to have the opportunity to self-reflect and think about how you're doing and perhaps incorporate other modalities of self-care at home to continue the progress that you're making even between treatments is key. It's key to healing. For so. sure. For sure. And I think the combination specifically with fertility, as you said, because they're being monitored so frequently mm -hmm. is 
so cool. And for those of you that are listening that are still on the fence about whether acupuncture works for fertility or not, as Dr. Yang mentioned, there are research studies that you can look up that show information around that. And I really encourage anybody to look through any of that that may be on the fence because when you're on a fertility journey, you're ready to put all your cards are on the table, essentially. You want to make sure you're checking off the box of all the things that you possibly can to get the result that you want, which is obviously a healthy baby. And I say healthy because it's one thing to get pregnant, but we want to make sure that you're not only getting pregnant, but staying pregnant with a healthy baby. And a lot of times the fertility acupuncturists can really hone in on your cycle of when the good time is to be, you know, moving your cycle essentially to a more healthy state of when you are ovulating so that that luteal phase will get you the healthy baby versus maybe you're too early or too late. And we want to kind of fix that. And acupuncture is a great way to really hone in on that and Mm -hmm. lots of other things really. So if you're on the fence again, please look into it. Yeah, and I, I think because acupuncture works on on so many different levels. So if you think about on end, endocrine level, acupuncture is really tapping into the HPO axis or the hypothalamus pituitary ovarian axis, which drives our whole endocrine system and drives our reproductive system. Um, I think that when you, even if you're in a cycle where you're not maybe able to take Chinese herbs, like in an IV, active IVF cycle, like a stem cycle, acupuncture can certainly help that HPO access and help to regulate your hormones so that hopefully you don't need as much medication and your body will respond more quickly to the medications that are given. My, my goal when a patient is in a stem cycle is increase response, responsiveness to medications as much as possible so right. that they don't need as much medication to get the best results possible. So because of this whole HPO access connection and acupuncture being able to access the HPO access, we're able to help in that way. And then of course, with natural fertility, as you were mentioning, if if you have like a luteal phase deficiency or insufficiency, we could certainly help elongate luteal phase um, or help with follicular development because it's really the quality of the follicle that determines whether or not your luteal phase is going to be healthy or not. Right. So I think People often think, well, I'm not going to go to acupuncture yet because we just started trying or whatnot. Yes. It's really <laughs> the opposite, right? It's right, get right. to the acupuncture before. That's what Absolutely. I say about coaching too, right? My ideal person is six months before you want to try to conceive so that we can get your body primed. And part <laughs> of that is the acupuncture. So, Elizabeth, thank you for saying that. I mean, amen to that because I think 20 years ago when I first started working with a lot of reproductive endocrinologists and fertility centers, that was when a lot of the IVF articles were released, right? And most of it was centered around day of transfer, acupuncture 25 minutes before and acupuncture 25 minutes after embryo transfer. And the success rates between the two groups were 42.5% were pregnant clinically or tested clinical pregnancy rates were 42.5% in the acupuncture group. And it was like 26% in the non-acupuncture group, but it was a significant difference where the REs went, Oh, there's something about acupuncture. So it got really popular really quick, but most of them only wanted to refer patients on the day of transfer. And so it kind of, so for me as an acupuncturist working with a lot of fertility centers, I had to really start educating about 
well, why don't we start working with them before the IVF cycle starts? And so I spent a lot of time educating patients and physicians that we can really help you even before. Like the success rates can be even better if we can have a little bit of preconception care or pre-IVF care time. So it's changed a lot in the last 20 years. Most of the physicians that I work with now will refer patients a lot earlier than they used to instead of just on day of transfer. So, um, but yes, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. The sooner we can see you, the better, especially if you're trying naturally. You know, preconception care for us would be three to four months before you, you even start trying. But we both know, Elizabeth, most people want to be pregnant yesterday. So, right. <laughs> yeah, so when you tell them, oh, well, let's work on preconception care for three months, that sounds like a forever plan. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> Who has three months to spare when you're, when you're starting out? I know. Mm-hmm. But it really does make a difference. And it's so exciting to know also that there are so many clinics that are open now to having acupuncturists come in and treat their patients there in their clinics and or send them or whatnot. It's amazing. I know we've had this conversation before that there's such an open mind now with this new generation of reproductive endocrinologists that Mm -hmm. understand the bigger picture of all aspects that go into play in having a healthy baby come to fruition for so many people. For sure. There's been a lot of change in 20 years. Yes. And I'm just, I'm so excited for patients and for future acupuncturists or the young generation of acupuncturists because they're stepping into, I think, the prime time for our medicine because there has so much, there has been so much research that's kind of paved the way to where we are now. And so when I started, it was a little bit more of an uphill battle. Um, But now it's like you talk to any RE and they're like, yes acupuncture would be great. If any patient brings it up as a, as an adjunct treatment, I rarely find any doctors that are not supportive of it. Absolutely. So cool. I know you also are treating women with, um, not necessarily postpartum, but you know, once they've gone through that next phase and can you tell us a little bit about how Chinese medicine herbs and or acupuncture together can help somebody who may have finally gotten their successful pregnancy, live birth, and now they're kind of on the other side of it? Absolutely. So most of our patients that we see, we tend to treat them through pregnancy. And so in in that process of pregnancy support, there's a lot of talk about, okay, well, so let's not forget about our fourth trimester. That's a very important time. And especially if you want to have a second child or a third child, I think being able to support you support you on a physical emotional level is so important i think that uh, a woman that doesn't have the resources and the support that they need after they give birth can be really tough and i have seen a lot of my patients kind of fall off from treatment because they're busy and you know you have a newborn and you're not sleeping well and you're kind of in the zone and you're that's sort of in the other most. world <laughs> yes and so i i try to tell my patients as soon as they start as soon as they start the fertility journey, I start talking about that already. And I think what what we can offer patients with acupuncture and Chinese medicine is, well, A, the acupuncture can certainly help with lactation support, hormone balancing, mood support, because as part of the, the foundation of acupuncture is really about supporting the mind, body, and spirit of a patient, right? So when you're getting acupuncture done, 
you might be coming in for pain management or hormone regulation, but you usually leave feeling really happy. Like there's this mood elevation that happens. And for those of you that aren't familiar with some of the, the neurochemical aspects of acupuncture, we're definitely stimulating the release of certain happy hormones, such as endorphins and serotonin. So most patients not only feel less pain, but they also feel happier too. So acupuncture has this really great effect mm -hmm, on increasing the release of, of neurochemicals that can help elevate your mood and uh, can also help promote like restful sleep, decrease cortisol levels and stress and anxiety levels. So I think that alone is very important. And I think most of my patients that come in, they're so sleep deprived, they are looking forward to the best acupuncture nap ever when they come in for their first treatment after they have their baby. The other part of our treatment protocol is we prescribe Chinese herbs, uh, such as one of our formulas is called postpartum support, uh, postpartum restore support formula. And we also have a lactation formula called gushing milk. So we say in Chinese medicine that we lose a lot of chi and blood after we give birth, whether we, we are having a vaginal delivery or a C-section. So it's very important to nourish the blood and replenish the blood for a woman so that her constitution can be strengthened. And when you're nursing, Blood is considered, or, or I should say lactation or milk supply is an extension of your blood. So if you're deficient in blood, you're going to be deficient in milk supply too. So there is a direct correlation in Chinese medicine. That's why traditionally when you have a baby, your mom is brewing all these Chinese, these stinky Chinese herbs for you that are supposed to be for your postpartum recovery to nourish your chi and blood. So, uh, so I've kind of created these formulas over the years that can help to, to help with uh, reducing any type of chi stagnation that can be blocking, for example, um, your milk flow or your blood supply to um, your breast tissue, and they can also help to nourish your blood and restore your energy too. So, uh, so that's the basis of, of our postpartum formulas. And if somebody's not local to you, but is interested in those, is it something that can still work if you're not being treated by Oh, absolutely. And I'm going to be honest with you, Elizabeth, a lot of my patients have a hard time making it in for acupuncture, but they will, they will get their herbs right before they deliver, right. knowing that it might, it might be a minute before I can get in for acupuncture. So they're set, you know, they have their little postpartum kit ready to go. And I cannot emphasize that enough. I was speaking to a woman earlier this morning who specializes in lactation information. And that was such a huge thing for me for all three of my pregnancies. And mm -hmm. starting out with number one, I was like, why didn't anyone tell me that this could be such a problem? And, mm -hmm. you know, after the fact, I was trying to chase down lactation consultants to, you know, I think we had three that came to the house, one that was in the hospital. And you know, all the things. And I think the more that you can be prepared going into it, like you said, having your stash of everything before you're yeah, going to have your exactly. baby, knowing right. who your team is going to be, right? You have your mm -hmm. fertility team when you're going through that part and then your postpartum team after. It's really setting yourself up for the best success that you can potentially have with so many unknowns coming down the pipeline, right? Absolutely. I totally agree with you. I think we spend so much time focused on getting pregnant you know, getting pregnant, staying pregnant, have a, having a, a, a very healthy pregnancy. Not a lot of people talk about all the postpartum aspects and, and 
what's to come, you know, and I think that that's an area that, like you mentioned, we need so much support. So, so for those women and those patients that, you know, are, are thinking about it, yes, absolutely. I have some patients that start researching their lactation specialist in their first trimester. They're like getting on top of it. You know, they're getting their postpartum doula yes. lined up. Yes. So I, I fully support that. I think the other thing I want to touch on is you talking about the, the blood supply and the chi and everything. I feel like as Americans, we're probably the very few, maybe that I know of, the only culture that doesn't support women after they have babies in the yeah. way that Africans do, Asians mm-hmm. do. Right. Um, my night nurse was from Trinidad and they all have their special things, right? Sure. South yeah. America, they every mm-hmm. culture has something where they're taking care of the mamas and they're really saying like, do this, do that. And it might sound crazy, but it's all leading back to restoring the mom so that they can be Absolutely. healthy and strong to feed the baby and all of those things. As Americans, we don't have that, right? So well, and, and the, the nice thing about being Americans and here, especially in California, I think it's kind of a melting pot of cultures. Yes. So we can take the best of all these cultures 100%. and create something incredible for ourselves right. for postpartum care. And so I, I would say any woman that's looking into a postpartum protocol or program, have at it, add yeah. whatever seems to seems to be in alignment with you and some of your health goals for your postpartum care, whether it's Ayurveda, Chinese medicine, right. take the best of all the worlds and put it together for yourself. Exactly. Together. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Definitely. And that's why I'm saying it. I mean, for your products too, they're actually literally bottled up for you to like. I realize that most of my patients do not want to brew herbs at home. <laughs> right. So that's part of the reason why I bottled up the formulas that are commonly used and, and they're based on classic formulas. So the postpartum restore formula is a combination of herbs that help not only to restore your chi and blood to balance your hormones, but I also added herbs in there to help with postpartum blues too, and to help with like some of the, some of the postpartum issues with like night sweating and hot flashes, like those climatic changes that can be really uncomfortable in the beginning. Right. Um, and, and I do want to mention too, we say chi and blood uh, balancing, but really when you translate it into Western medicine, it's about, regulating your hormones, increasing your prolactin levels to help with your milk supply. Right. right. So that that's definitely happening too. Um, yeah. But Chinese medicine just has a really great way of simplifying things and saying in a very succinct, direct way, hence even the name gushing milk, like, you know, right. exactly what that formula is for. Right. Exactly. And that is a direct translation of a very classical Chinese herbal formula for lactation support. Interesting. Tell us a little bit about the rest of the products that you have. Sure. Yeah. So Fertile Womb is probably our most popular formula. Now, this was a fertility formula that I developed over a decade ago. And as an herbalist, we tend to customize herbs for our patients. And so I, you start having trends and you start seeing commonalities between patients and the types of patients that you're treating. And so I, I kept treating a lot of patients that had diminished ovarian reserve or premature ovarian failure, high FSH levels, low AMH levels. So this, this pattern kept coming up over and over again. And this formula 
variations of this formula kept getting prescribed. So I finally decided, well, okay, I think I've been using this formula long enough where I should probably just create it as my own formula line because it's so effective in lowering FSH levels, balancing your estrogen levels, and it can really help uh, to, to elevate your AMH levels and decrease stress, balance your hormones. I've even used it for uterine receptivity issues too. Um, so, so one of the things that comes up a lot with my patients, especially if they're seeing a reproductive endocrinologist at the same time as me, is their RE might say no Chinese herbs, right? During a cycle, which I completely understand because it's a very monitored cycle and your hormones have to be very succinct, right? So I get that. But anytime a patient is on a break, that is when we have free reign <laughs> to prescribe herbs. And most of the REs that I work with know that and they understand that right. if a patient is taking a break. And a lot of times they'll send patients back to me that perhaps they either failed a cycle or they're trying to qualify for a cycle. So I call it a, a qualification process, right? You go in on day two or day three, you get your FSH checked, your estrogen checked, and you get your antrophological count. Right. And so everyone's like, okay, this is going to be the month. They go in, their FSH is high, their estrogen is not good, or it's it's kind of high, and they already have a lead follicle, but they their antrophological count is low. And so the doctor says, Okay, well, this isn't the cycle, so we need to take a break. So that is the ideal time for us to use Chinese herbs. So oftentimes an RE will send patients to us that maybe has had continuously low antrophological count and elevated FSH. So that's kind of, I feel like where we shine as acupuncturists is really being able to help to, to decrease stress levels, to help with that FSH elevation issue. And um, yeah, I'm always surprised at how well it works. So Fertile Womb was a formula that I designed based on that type of profile of a patient, but it could certainly be used for, for other things as well. Amazing. Um, yeah. yeah and, they, and the male version of that formula is called Men's Fertile Seed. And that is based on a classical Chinese herbal formula that was created for the emperors back thousands of years wow. ago when, as you know, emperors want to leave a legacy and they want to have lots of kids. So they would always have a Chinese medicine doctor on staff. It would be part of their, you know, court staff. Right. Wow. And so they would grow up all these herbs. And so this is a particular formula, formula called Wan, which is the five seed pill. And so these particular herbs help to uh to to basically increase vitality libido but we now know that it can actually help us with uh, sperm parameters right and sperm analyses so it can help with volume morphology issues concentration and motility too so and all the things that matter all the things that we that's need right to yeah it happen Absolutely. So this this particular formula is a modification off of that classical formula, and I've added extra herbs in there to help support men's men's health and fertility. That's so great. So, yeah. What if people are looking for herbs just online? I'm sure, like anything, there's a differentiation between something that's not that great of a quality. How can people know that it's legit or it's have a good yeah, quality. that's a really great question, especially about Chinese herbs. I mean, supplements in general, there's not a lot of regulation right. around it, but there are a few regulatory um, 
systems in place. So GMP is uh, general manufacturing practice. So if you're going to buy any type of product, supplements or herbs, look for the GMP stamp on it, which basically means that GMP certifies that what they say is in the product is actually contained in the product. And so there's, there's some very um, stringent standards that you have to meet in order to to be GMP certified. So the particular company that we source our herbs from are GMP certified. And they do all the testing, they test for any type of microbial uh, growth factors, and they also look at like heavy metal content too. Because I know that's a big concern when you are getting Chinese herbs, right? So you wanna make sure that that GMP certification is part of that product you're taking. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that information. So Dr. Yang's physical office is in Irvine, California. I have had the pleasure of going there myself and it is a magical place. I'm so honored to be able to have had treatments by her. But for people who are not local, what can they do to find you, follow you, get information about you, buy your products so that they can have this amazing hormone levels and sperm and all the things. We also have virtual visits available too. And so oftentimes, although acupuncture is amazing and I love being your acupuncturist, I do get quite a few referrals from patients that are out of state or other acupuncturists that perhaps want patients to see me for herbal consultations. Uh, so we do provide those. And aside from Chinese herbs, we will look at your basically your diet, your lifestyle, all the supplements you're taking. I mean, most patients are so educated now about supplements that I feel like our job is to sort of help fine tune your supplements. You know, most patients have read the book. It starts with the egg, but it's a little overwhelming because there's so much information in there and they're not sure, should I be taking myo inositol? Should I be taking NAC? So our job is to help fine tune a supplement and herbal protocol that is specific for you. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out because I feel like that is the Bible, so to speak, that most people live by, right? They come and they're like, but I read this book and it has all the information, which it it does. It has a lot of great information, but I will always go back to everybody's body is individual. It's really important for you to have somebody to review your own body. What do you have sensitivities to? What does your body react with? What do you not need, right? There's a lot of people that are over supplementing because it's in the book and they think that's what they're going to have. Fertility patients are the most motivated patients. And I love that. I love that everyone's so motivated. But there are times when, you know, you might have too much vitamin D, you know, and and we got to like tailor it back and we got to make sure you get that tested to make sure. Or there might be times when you're taking too much DHEA and it's it's throwing off your cycle. And it's breaking you out, you know, so we have to look at those things too. So aside from, uh, aside from coming up with a customized supplement program, if you're in the state of California, uh, we can definitely order labs for you and help with some other type of laboratory testing to check your levels, whether it's nutrient levels, um, some gut health tests, food sensitivities and allergies. And I love the adrenal stress tests. Those to me are golden for patients that are struggling with diminished ovarian reserve you have to have your adrenal status checked that is key because what happens is your body is always going to prioritize survival first 
So when you look at the endocrine glands, whether it's your reproductive system, your thyroid system, or your uh, adrenal system, your body is always going to say, you know, Elizabeth, Tina, I need to survive. So you have so much stress right now. I'm going to steal from your reproductive hormones. I'm going to steal from your thyroid because your adrenals need the support right now to pump out that adrenaline cortisol that you need to survive. Right. So it's that whole fight or flight um, phenomenon that happens. And even though in modern times, we're not running for our lives from a, from an animal or anything like that, that same fight or flight function gets triggered all the time. And our body doesn't know how to shut that off. So I have found for a lot of my patients that are struggling with DOR, when we look at the cortisol levels and we're able to decrease those levels and get their adrenals in a good state, their reproductive hormones improve significantly. Absolutely. And their natural follicle count goes up. (laughs) Which is always a good thing. Yes. So, uh, so yes, so we can also offer those tests as well, um, or we can certainly suggest tests. And if you have an integrative physician or a primary care doctor or, or a fertility specialist you're working with that is open to ordering tests, you can always ask them to run those tests as well. So, but yes, we're happy to help you wherever you're located. And what is, is the website the best way to follow you? So yes, we can. So you can order the Chinese herbal formulas on our website, which is revivechi.com. And we also have online booking too for our virtual visits as well. Wonderful. Yeah. All of that can be taken care of through there. And and I do want to mention too, Elizabeth, we do offer free 15 minute consults too. So if you're kind of unsure and you're not, you know, quite like ready to jump in, it's, it's a nice way to kind of get a better understanding of whether or not acupuncture and Chinese medicine is, is right for you. Well, I highly recommend anybody who's listening to take Dr. Yang up on that offer because her and her clinic that she has there is amazing. And they are so clued into anybody who's going through the fertility journey more than anyone else that I've seen out there. And you will not regret spending that time learning about your body and getting that information from them. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for having me. It has been, as always, a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much. And we will talk soon. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Creation Innovation Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify for free episodes and subscribe to the Creation Innovation Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you choose to get your podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening for a chance to receive a special gift. Yes, we actually do send out gifts. It's my favorite thing to do. So visit us at elizabethking.com backslash creation innovation for more information on how to enter. Every review counts and we are so grateful. You can follow me at the official Elizabeth King on Instagram or TikTok. Until next time.